Hey everyone, it's Allison here with New Little Life. I'm an internationally board certified lactation consultant, a nurse, a doula, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the New Little Life podcast, we'll talk with real moms about their breastfeeding experience, the good parts and the bad, and share real and practical advice about breastfeeding. Connect with and learn from other moms and professionals to help you meet your breastfeeding goals. Hello, once again, welcome to the new little life podcast. Okay. Wow. The interview I get to share with you today is one of the most interesting ones. I think I've been able to do so far. Crystal is our guest today, and she is the founder of save the milk where she helps women with pumping and more specifically getting the right phalange size so they can maximize their milk output and increase efficiency, which she'll talk to you a little bit about. It's really cool. She's super busy with her business, but is also a mother to three beautiful children and on her fourth surrogate pregnancy of her fifth surrogate baby. That's right. There's twins. She'll tell you more about that too. Today, she's going to share with us a bit about her own breastfeeding experiences, how that shaped her pumping based business today. And then we dive into some great conversation about surrogacy. Now, I'll admit, I haven't had much experience with surrogates, so I really loved learning from Crystal, and I appreciate how open she was in talking about some of the logistics and emotions that come with surrogacy. She does pump after her surrogate babies, and I really like the reasons and what she said about why she does that, so you're not going to want to miss this. Let's jump right over to Crystal. Good morning, Crystal. I think it's morning over on the West Coast for you. I'm so happy that you're here today. Thank you for having me. I've actually been dying to have you on my podcast for a while. You've been like on my little wish list. So um, I'm really glad that we connected. I think it was in your Facebook group, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, I did post something and you responded. You're like, I have a podcast. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. I'm like, please pick me. (laughs) Because I casually threw it in there like, Please yeah. be, I want to talk to you. You have such a unique story. This is going to be really, really fun today. Thank All right. you. So to start, can you just kind of start out and tell us about your family, your life, your business? Just kind of give us the setting to start this chat today. Sure. Uh, so I have three of my own kids. Um, my daughter's going to be 19 pretty, pretty soon. Uh, my son middle kid, he's going to be 16 in two weeks, and I have a seven-year-old. And I've been married for 16 years, and I live in Oregon, and I am a California transplant. All right. You like Oregon? (laughs) I do really like Oregon, although I miss the activity of California. Sure. Um, I like the small town feel. And Oregon just has everything that I need. It's like, you know, hot, snow, snowmobiling, quadding, camping. The coast is right there. So it's just like right in the middle. And I actually do live in the middle, right in Oregon. So that's wonderful. And um, then what have you been doing since then? You've been doing other cool stuff. I already know, but tell our (laughs) listeners here. Yeah. So this this whole thing transpired. because I got pregnant as a as a teenager, and in high school, I read an article about surrogacy, and I just, I mean, I was, I loved being pregnant, you know, it was the biggest experience of my 
my teen life, <laughs> my life to that point, I wanted to be a surrogate. Uh, and I put that on my bucket list. And, you know, 15 years later, it, I was able to start the process to become a surrogate. And that process led me to just loving all things breastfeeding, nursing, and pumping. And so. that created a tiny little business that I'm going to share with you. Yay. Um, how many surrogate pregnancies have you done since your last, your last one, who's now seven, your last child, right. who's seven. sorry. <laughs> uh, so I had a girl in 2015. I had twin boys in 2017. I had a boy in 2018 and I am currently pregnant 2021 with oh. another <laughs> congratulations that's Thank amazing you. totally amazing okay yeah. we're gonna chat more about your surrogacy and pumping journey a little bit later but first mm -hmm. can we start with your first one so I would love to hear about your breastfeeding experience there you were very young were you still in high school I was I was well it's California so apparently this is a um it's normal there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be a teen, teen mom. Uh, I went like? to an all teen uh, pregnancy high school um, okay. and they had a you know daycare in there. I can go in there at any time and feed, feed her when I needed to. What a to. great resource. That's so cool. It was great. And for the longest time, that was one of my bucket list things. It was to create a pregnancy high school when I moved up to Oregon, but so cool. life had other plans. Yeah. Okay. So did you know you wanted to breastfeed your first? Had you ever thought about that? Did you grow up around breastfeeding? Yeah. So I have a small family. So what I was around was my aunt who had kids later in life and she breastfed all her children. Um, and my sister was seven years older than me and she breastfed her first child it was just like an unspoken thing. You just breastfeed. <laughs> That's it. Oh, and okay. so there was no question about it. It's just like what you do. And so when I, when I, I wasn't planning, I didn't have any like, oh, this is the whole plan that I'm going to do. It was, I just do it. So it's just what it is. Yeah. That's just what it is. Um, and I think breastfeeding is the most beautiful thing ever. I mean, to be able to hold your tiny little tiny human in your arms and be able to, you know, nurse was just the most amazing bond that I could ever, ever have. And probably why I keep on doing surrogacy so many times. Yeah. Um, but you know, things didn't actually go as planned. I yeah. didn't know, I didn't know uh, what a lactation consultant was. I didn't know that there could be issues with breastfeeding. Although I didn't have any like specific issues like bleeding nipples, cracks, pain, any of that, I had low supply. Um, and so I actually got sick with strep throat when I was, when she was three months old and my supply tanked within three days, it was just gone. Ugh. And which is my, what was my first introduction to a breast pump. The old school, big old blue Medela pumps that were hospital grade. Um, Let's see, that was the... 19 years ago? Yes, yeah, so that was yeah. uh, 2002. Okay, yeah. <laughs> to, to age me. Um, and it, it was a 
monstrosity of a pump, yeah. but I used it like once or twice. And, um, so that was my first experience with the pump and I was able to get milk out, but unfortunately, like I said, it just dried up within, within days. And, it, and you I never did get it backed enough where you could feed her. I didn't even, um, no, it just like she, once she got that bottle in her mouth, she did not want to take any interest in nursing at all. Mm-hmm. And she was, she, she was a great baby, great sleeper. She slept through the entire night, but she got that bottle and she didn't want to go put any effort into <laughs> nursing anymore. Yeah. And that was about the three, three or four month mark for you with her? Yeah, exactly. About three months. And how, how was that transition? Where was it? emotionally difficult or was it okay based on your scenario I in my head I'm like I got sick it's nothing I could have done sure you know I justified the ends to the journey but this entire time I really wish I could have nursed her longer because she actually had a really bad reaction to all the formula that I was giving her. And as a teen mom and the only really resource I had was WIC, I didn't know that I could be trying different formulas for her. Um, So she had really bad eczema. She would break out in rashes head to toe all the time. And I just, I'm like, I don't, I didn't know what to do. Unfortunately it was like that up until we, we broke away from formula and went to milk. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. And, and even, you know, 19 years ago, the, the culture was just different. There wasn't as many lactation consultants. There wasn't help so readily available, even online. I mean, it was, it wasn't that long ago, but there was a different culture around breastfeeding for sure. Exactly. I think it was more, you know, you, I think it was more, you just nurse, in the area that I lived in anyways. Um, and especially I wish I could have had more help from my mom. My mom was an oversupplier and my mom was, um, born and raised in Mexico. So oh, when, God. when you have, she had an abundance of milk and, and the culture is, you know, wet nursing is still a thing yeah. mm-hmm. and you, she would be nursing other you know, family, you know, help other kids and their families. Um, and she didn't know how to help me because I, I'm like, I'm dry. <laughs> and she's like, wow, I've never had that problem. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. Okay. Was it a little bit easier with your second kiddo? I, they were horrible sleepers. Um, and it, I once again, I reached the three month mark and they weren't satisfied. And unfortunately, I had to introduce formula, but I was still able to continue nursing all the way up until a year with both of them. With your second um, and your third? Yes, with okay. my second and my third. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that brings joy to me. I was able to be able to continue, you know, to, to the year mark. That I think that's a typical year year mark that moms yeah I think nowadays. the I think the American Academy of Pediatrics says like the first year I think actually they say two years is yeah also has benefits but yes I would say one year is a really common goal for a lot of mm-hmm. moms and you don't yeah. get like a gold good mom star for making it a year you know like but it is kind of hard when you have a specific goal in your mind whatever that is three months six months a year three years and mm-hmm. if you have to readjust it can be a little hard emotionally yeah. 
just from the goals you set yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I tell the moms that I work with is just like, your kids are not going to come back in 20 years or in 15 or 10 and say, thank you, mom. Thank you for nursing me. It's not something that you're going to get, you know, so this, this goal that you have, you know, it's, it's about you. It's about your feelings that you have as a mom and you have to raising kids, you have to adjust everything that you do at any time. So, um, you know, I tell them, don't be hard on yourself. Just try, <clears throat> try what you can. And if it doesn't work, it's going to be okay. You yeah. know, our favorite word here on the podcast is pivot, you know, do what you do <laughs> until it doesn't work for you anymore and then pivot and that's good. Do something different, you know, do something okay. different. So yeah. Motherhood right in a nutshell. Did you have any other, um, any other problems or success stories with, <clears throat> with your second two? Everything's pretty easy there. Um, well, I'll go to the success things. Um, yeah. So in California, we had a local midwife um, that did calendars throughout oh, cool. the year. She'll, you know, an annual calendar. And it was a nursing can- calendar public. Um, so she would get pictures from all the moms that were nursing in public. And I think, I think that was one of the things that I also, you know, when I was a teenager pregnant and being around my sister, seeing how like congratulatory it was to be put into this calendar. And I wanted to be in that calendar so much that, and I I think it just felt so natural to just pump, uh, not pump, but nurse in public. Um, so I lived in a little, you know, little bubble in my own little world. And, you know, it was just me and my daughter and I just nurse her whenever I wanted to. And I think I was just so consumed in nursing her that I wouldn't, I wouldn't look up to see if anybody cared that I was nursing in public. Um, and if I did, I think in my head, I would only say that they're looking at me because I'm a teen mom not because I'm nursing in public. So I was definitely naive (laughs) Um, because nowadays you nurse in public, people will just come at you and like give you the nastiest stares. It's ridiculous. Um, But I think I took that away as um, just a pivotal um, feeling, you know, great feeling that I had to be able to do that for my kids. Um, But difficulties is, one of the things, like I said, was the undersupply. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you could um, do things to increase your supply, uh, like as simple as eating oatmeal, you know, or increasing your fluids or electrolytes. I had no idea. Um, and I think the only resource that I had for nursing was like what to expect when you're expecting. But yeah, um, and that really didn't teach me anything yeah, about a, increasing yeah. my supply really so really, really basics in that one yeah, yeah. It, that's the that was the bible that I had throughout my entire like pregnancy and soon after um but yeah I think that's that's the most difficult thing that I struggled with because I thought that it's just me there's nothing I can do 
um, when there was a lot of things that I could have done. And I just didn't know what options I had. And if, maybe if I owned a computer, you know, back in the day, but as a struggling mom, I didn't own a computer. I didn't have time to go to the library. So I didn't have the resources that I have now. And a lot of moms have now to just be able to grab their phone and type in, how do I increase my milk supply? Yeah. Did you struggle with that low supply with all three of your kiddos? I did. Um, I was probably only being to pump like 20 ounces a day. And they were more like in the 30 range. (laughs) Um, Plus, I I had to go back to work with with, um, the two older kids, or excuse me, two younger kids. Um, And I didn't have the best pump, or I'd have a hand pump. Um, and at that time still there were just the standard flanges. So I'm using a 24 when I really should have been using like a 17 or 19 flange that I'm pretty sure would have helped a lot. When did you kind of get into the pumping world? So it sounds like you had, well, that first one, you had kind of an archaic pump that (laughs) whatever, (laughs) but then you kind of got into more pumping. When was it that you really dived in and kind of learned the ins and out of pumping? It was when I had the twins. Um, well, with the first surrogate surrogacy, um, I, I wasn't nursing my son because he was um, over a year and we hadn't done it for a long time. And my husband didn't like that I was nurse, uh, trying to nurse after a year. He thought it was weird. But at any time before a year, he was fine with. But like after a year, he's like, no, I don't agree with that. So out of respect, I wasn't nursing. Um, but I was pumping. And it, it, I was sore. Um, and I knew that I could pump more. But just nothing was was coming out. So that was my first really real experience with the pump. And then with, after I had the twins, um, I was on maternity leave for like six months, like three months before I had them, I was on bed rest and then I had nothing else to do, but be on my cell phone (laughs) and, you know, started going in Facebook groups and learning about pumping and better techniques. And then once I actually started pumping. I mean, I was catching on to all these issues that moms were having. And, you know, I just offer some suggestions and the moms would take my advice and I'm, I'm not practicing it on myself. You know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just making these connections. I'm like, well, what if you tried this? And like, it worked. Okay. What, what's the other issue? I'm like, they gave me the issue. I'm like, okay, well, try this. And it would just work. And so after a while, moms would just start coming to me for advice. And um, a lot of moms would come to me for advice. Um, And I just, I started helping them as best I could. And they'd keep on texting me or uh, private messaging me for, for, you know, a couple weeks. And I just be there to to continue helping them. And that's how they started telling me, well, you should be charging for this. You know, we're taking up all your time. I'm like, and I'm so shy and scared. I don't like getting out of my comfort zone. I don't like being the center of attention. That's just not how I was raised. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll try. 
<laughs> and so like I started with like five bucks and I'm like, yay, I get some coffee money. And um, then it just, it, it snowballed into just moms coming and, and really just coming. <laughs> and so I, they pushed me again, you know, you should really be building a business out of this. I'm like, oh, maybe, I don't know, I'll think about it. I'm like, it, it rolled into me starting Save the Milk and yeah. helping moms specifically just find the right size phalange for them to respond to. Okay. I want to ask you a couple more questions about your business model here. And then I want to go, I have some questions about surrogacy and pumping and breastfeeding there, if you don't mind, but okay. So <laughs> you run, you have a little business now called save the milk. Your website is awesome. I love it so much. Thank Can you. you tell me what are you currently doing in your business? So what services do you offer? What does this look like right now? Moms come to me to help them with their breast pumps. They're having pumping issues and it's stemming from them using normally using the wrong size phalanges. Okay. And so I actually size their nipples and I decide which phalange would be more appropriate for them to use. So okay. if you go to my website, you can, you can kind of see like, do you have cracked nipples? Are you not able to empty out your milk? efficiently while you're pumping um are your nipples changing colors and if you can like pretty much say one if, there, if there's one thing on there that you can say yes I'm having that issue then it's worth having your nipple size just to see if something could be changed to help oh that's so cool so do you do this like via video call um how does that work do you send in pictures Yes. Um, it's actually, um, patent pending moms will take pictures with items that they have around the house. Oh. And so it's, I never see anybody virtually. Um, I don't get on the phone and you know, we don't talk. It's all by text message or Facebook messenger email, however they choose where it's in writing. They can go back at any time and read the information that I've provided to them. And, you know, I'm, I'm available all the time. So if they have a question in the middle of the night, they can text it to me. And when I'm available, I'll text back with, I think you should try this. Why don't you try that? And I'm still keeping that same pattern that I did in the past of, I know how it is to be a mom. I can't make appointments and move my entire day to be able to get out of my house and go meet somebody. So I, I do what I, I like to do, which is be in my bubble. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, cause I'm an introvert and, uh, I like being, uh, having moms just when they have an issue, feel comfortable that knowing I'm, I'm going to be there and prego brain and mommy brain is real. So you, I want to have that information um, there so they can read it back whenever they need to. Oh, that's really interesting. Do you specifically kind of specialize in phalange sizing? Um, yes. Or do you have some other breastfeeding training? Do you help in other ways too? Mostly the pumping stuff. It's pumping stuff because I am not a lactation consultant. I'm not okay. a breastfeeding counselor. Um, so if I, if I were to give any advice on breastfeeding, which I don't, that would be construed as me being a lactation consultant. And so yeah. I don't, I don't okay. want to 
go over that boundary, but I do have um, uh, a lot of information, you know, from the state of Oregon that where I'm not supposed to be going over that line and yeah, crossing that line. So you mostly line. do like pumping stuff, phalange sizing, things yeah, like that. Then if moms need more help, you know, I tell them, please go talk to your doctor. It could be this. Why don't you do some more research on that and, and see what your doctor said? So it's ba- it's straight, just like I, I am going to help you with your phalange size. It's like 90% going to help you with your issues. But if there's that 10%, you should probably talk to your doctor. That's so cool because there's a lot of lactation consultants around. And if you have breastfeeding issues, that's who you should see. But there's not that many people that I would consider an expert in the field in pumping. And mm-hmm. so when moms have these issues with their pumps or like even sizing, like they don't teach you that really in your lactation consultant training, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm an IBCLC now and I've been doing lactation stuff for a long time, but they don't ever dive into the pumping stuff. You know, we're trained more to do the, uh, the breastfeeding issues, um, and a lot of those clinical things. So it's, and there's no training really to be like a pump consultant. You know, I I wish that was a thing. And that's, that's the title I gave myself, you know, when I'm filling out the forms a couple years ago for my state, you know, they want to know what the title of, of my position is. I'm like, I don't know, I guess I'm a breast pump consultant, you know, or breast Mm -hmm. pumping consultant. And I, I just got, I didn't get pushed, but everything kind of just flowed in the direction of. I'm going to help moms with their breast pumps. And it's, I have been walking a fine line between not being a lactation consultant and, and letting everybody know that I'm specifically helping with their breast pumps. So I'm sure I'm going to get some backlash at some point, but right now I'm really trying to walk that, that line and make sure that I, people know that this is just to help them with their breast pumps. No, I think what you're doing is so cool. And I don't think there's enough people that are are putting themselves out there with pump training and experience to help others. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love what you're doing. So well, cool. thank you very much. And you know, my, my goal is to let lactation consultants know that pumping, pumping should be integrated together with nursing, because the reality is that the all the women in the world are going to have to go back to work at some point. You know, if you're the lucky few that can stay home and nurse, that's great. But even then, you have a couple of kids. Um, you can't be tied down to, you know, sitting there nursing. And you want to have that flexibility of walking around and being able to pump if your baby's sleeping through the night, if you need to increase your supply. Pumping is one of the greatest forms of, you know, increase, increasing your supply because it's stimulating your breasts and you're emptying better. Um, so there's so much benefit to pumping in, in addition to nursing. And I want, you know, the, the community to know that, that just a little bit more help in sizing correctly would really extend the journey for all the moms and to meet their goal. And that is my goal (laughs) is to get moms there to their goal because I wasn't able to do it. And I want others to be able to. That's really interesting to hear you talk about that. And as a lactation consultant, I have a slightly different 
view on that. Like, I don't think that you should introduce a breast pump unless you have to, or you want to. But Mm -hmm. the reality is, is that, like you said, a lot of moms are pumping and Mm -hmm. a lot of insurances are giving moms pump. So it's very easy to add that into your routine, you know, and have a little bit more flexibility if you want it, you know, if you're going back to work, which a lot of moms do, you're going to need to know how to pump. If you want to have a small freezer stash, so you can go to the dentist or out with your girls for a night or yeah if you're going to a weekend wedding if you want to celebrate your anniversary and you don't want to have your you know your kids with you you have to introduce that pump it's 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 not um in my opinion it's not um how would I say this it's a necessity to have it's like you said, the insurance companies do give them out, which is great. And because of that, um, moms are nursing longer because they do have that pump. It's, you know, they're, I was doing a lot of research on it, you know, like last year. And I think the, the move to provide in pumps through the insurance was a great one. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I, I actually just filmed a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago and where I talked about, I see on Facebook a lot, moms will say or every once in a while, like, is there anyone that doesn't pump and just breastfeeds? Because that's what I want to do. But I'm, I've had this pump in my schedule, you know, and I, I'm like, yes, you don't have to pump if you don't want to, you know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's some moms that just, they don't want to, but they feel like they have to, you know, but mm-hmm. I think more often the reality is that moms want to introduce that in some way. And then there's just not a lot of resources out there to help them figure out how to do that, you know, right. because it's not a natural thing. Pe- breast pumps come with one or two sizes of phalanges and not everybody fits in those beautiful little boxes. Yeah. And then what do you do? Where do you find help for that? So mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is so cool. Um, if you've been on my channel, you'll see that there's a lot of breast pump reviews on there and stuff too, for the same reason. There's just mm-hmm. not enough resources for moms and moms are pumping, you yeah. know, and they need help. And so, yeah. so cool what you're doing. Thank you very much. Have you seen a lot of success with moms? Um, once they have the right phalange size, are they having more success? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So there's three things that I usually consider success. Um, The obvious one, they start increasing their supply. Um, They, uh, you start pumping with the right phalange and there's milk in there that you didn't know you had, or, you know, you did know you had, Mm -hmm. but you could never get it out even with hand expressing. Um, and I'm one of those, I would try hand expressing and I couldn't get anything out. Um, so that's the obvious one. Then you have comfort. That is, you know, if, even if moms aren't able to get more milk, they are so happy to be pumping comfortably. And the last one is it can shorten the amount of time that you spend pumping. So the normal amount of time pumping is about 30 minutes. It, it obviously varies per person, but if you can get from 45 minutes to 30 minutes, moms are happy. If you can get 30 minutes to 15 minutes, you have a lot of more time in your day. So those are the three things that I consider, um, the success. And you'll, if anybody goes to my Facebook group or Facebook page, 
you can see my reviews and they will all be the same. Yeah. That's so cool. So when moms come to you, are you finding how many moms are actually using the right size of phalange? Um, I'm sure you don't have a number, but just like guess. Yeah, it's really low. I'm, I'm really? talking like 5% wow. low. Um, and, but they'll still, those 5% can still benefit from using a different type of phalange. So not, so yes, I do size moms, but I guess my title breast pump consultant means that I know about a wide variety of products and about the different type of suction patterns that different pumps have. And so if you're, you have the right size flange, but you're not responding to the suction pattern, I will do everything in my power to work with you on what you have. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I'm going to, I might just say, I think it's your pump, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I'm not okay. afraid to say that, but I'm also <clears throat> hired to help with a specific issue. And I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. So the other 95% of moms that are like not using the right size, would you say that they're often using one that's too big or too small? It's usually too big. Okay. You usually downsize. I do downsize and it, it could be a sliver, you know, it could just be two millimeters that I think they need to size down, or I think that they need to try a different product. Um, and just tweaking just a few little things to see if it'll help is moms don't know which direction to go with, you know, I'm like, so I'm there to provide all the knowledge that I have on all the products and I will choose and tell them about the ones that I think are going to be the best fit for them. Cool. Do you have a couple of favorite products that are like your go-to things that you find yourself recommending a lot? Um, I don't play favoritism on the products, but there's not that many products out there. And I'm sure you're aware. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every time there's (laughs) a new one, I'm like, yes, I got to get it and try it because there's just not that many. Mm -hmm. Right. So the easiest one to go with is Bujin. And I think that's how you say it. I I don't know how to say it either. Don't ask me. I think it's Bujin Cushions. And, um, it really depends on what the issues that mom is having with her pumps. And I usually use it as a second, secondary to the standard phalange. So the standard phalange is your basic plastic phalange that's either, you know, they come in 24, 21, 19, 17, so on. So the the bougions are flexible material. For anybody who's listening, flexible material, kind of like, and it's only two two millimeters, so it's you can bend it, you can fold it. And for some moms, they really do need that extra cushion and barrier between the phalange okay. and their nipple if they're in a lot of pain. Um, so that usually becomes a secondary recommendation. I My first recommendation is always to go with the standard phalange. It's okay. the cheapest. It's what they're comfortable or normal usage. So they, they're familiar with it before I start going down the list of mm-hmm. other products. And there's really like only all the four, four other products I, right? on the market. No, I totally so. agree. There's, there's not a lot. Yeah. Is it very common that moms have different sizes 
on each of their breasts. Absolutely. Really? Um, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I can have one nipple that's like a 21. You know, yeah. they usually start with the 24. I'll size them down to a 21. But then their other nipple could be a size 19, which isn't that far off. Mm-hmm. But there are some that they're like, one's a 15 and the other's a 21. So the sizes have to be exact for each nipple. And I that's what I'm able to do. That's, that's crazy. Um, the sizes are in, usually the ones I've seen are in like two millimeter increments, you know, like 13, 15, 17, 19. Yeah. Is that 13? It's, isn't that amazing that they now have a 13, they have 12 and they have a 10. I mean, are you serious? Oh yes. Yes. Okay. I have not seen those. That's awesome. (laughs) I try to stay on top of everything. Um, yes, they have, and they have a 13 millimeter insert too. So like these little tiny changes that the companies are making are because they know and they see that things are changing. And I don't want to say it's because of me, but in the communities out there on Facebook, moms are talking about it now. You know, I, I, I've been sized or I know my size. I wish Mm -hmm. that they made my size. So I'm really happy that things are progressing rapidly within the last two years with these new sizes. I agree. New products are coming out all the time. And I feel like they are kind of hearing the complaints of mothers because more mothers are pumping now and which brings more problems and learning. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the companies are trying to adapt and give, give them what they want, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy. So cool. Ah, thank you so much for sharing with that. I'm going to put some of your links down in the show notes because I think the resources you offer is super valuable so that people can connect with you there, your Facebook group, your website, um, anything else you have that might be helpful would be great. Yeah. So the, I think the, the number one thing is I have an Amazon page. So I list all the products, all the phalanges right there. So if you have a willow, if you have an LV, all the standard flanges, all the inserts um, are right there and you can find them very easily. And, um, you know, some other products, if you're looking to increase, if you're checking out supplements, they're all on there. Um, That's, I think that's the basic one because it's all right there and you don't have to go searching for it and and get lost. That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question and I hate it when people ask me this question. So I apologize in advance. Do you have a favorite breast pump? If a mom comes to you and says, what should I get? Do you have, do you have some that you recommend? Okay. So this is a kind of a catch 22 because, um, the pumps that the best pump for the last like two years has been Spectra. For sure. And moms love it. Loves, you know, moms love it. It's offered, um, through insurance. So Spectra um, has been the number one, except there has been a couple of pumps that are not offered through insurance. And it really depends on mom's situation at home. So if you're a healthcare worker, then you're going to want to look at a pump that's either the Willow or LV because they're, they're discreet, you know, they're, they're pumps that go in your bra. Um, I don't recommend free me, so no free me. That's not my recommendation. (laughs) Um, 
but there is a, another pump that's new on the market. It's pumpables and pumpables. And I'm maybe you, you're in Europe. Isn't that correct? Yeah. We live in, in Belgium yeah. right now. Yeah. So um, it's actually popular in Europe. They, they're coming out with different size phalanges and I've been in communication with them. Um, they, they really are listening to the customer they're really understanding that there's different, you know, size nipples and they're really trying to adjust their products to size. I have two of their pumps, but because I'm pregnant, I'm not, you know, I yeah, don't, yeah. I can't use it right now. <laughs> so I'm eagerly waiting to use it at the end of the year. I have a feeling that that is going to be a really great pump to, to look into if anybody, you know, has option or doesn't have insurance or whatnot. That would be a great pump to try. So do they have um do they have a different style of flange? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. So they okay. have these things called liquid flanges. Okay. Tell um, me yeah, more about they are that. shaped really weird. And I've heard that you are able to use them with other pumps. Okay. Um, but because it's not a common pump and not a lot of moms know about it, it's I haven't made the recommendation for their flanges yet. Um, I think they're just a, a little bit more pricey as well. Okay. Right now, I'm just sticking to the standard stuff that we all know about. Um, and Spectra is coming out with a new pump, too. I'm not Waiting sure if you're aware. It. Oh, I pre-ordered <laughs> it, girl. You know I did. Okay, that's good. But that, I, I'm waiting for an email. Like, it should be in the mail. I was hoping this week, but yeah, I'm dying to try it. It has two motors, so you can control each side. Mm-hmm. Um, how valuable do you think that is for moms? Does every mom need something like that? I'd be really interested to know your thoughts on that. Um, well, there are other pumps on the market that do, do have dual mo- motors. That was kind of hard to say. <laughs> um, but I haven't worked with a lot of moms with those pumps. Usually it's uh, more European or like in Australia, there's some pumps yeah. out there that have dual motors, but you know, we're limited to what our insurance gives us and we don't want to pay for anything else. So with, in my experience, yes, I think it will be really helpful for a lot of moms. Um, I would, but I think it's pretty low. I think 30% of moms actually have more of a discrepancy on how much they can empty in a longer, shorter, you know, amount of time, if okay. that makes any sense. We all have boobs that, is one's a slacker and one's an overachiever. Um, but the, but the reality is even if you're the slacker has less tissue, you know, breast milk tissue. Mm -hmm. So even if you're power pumping, if you're power, if you're pumping it longer, you're not going to get the same amount of milk. So I, in my opinion, I think only 30% of, um, moms will benefit from using this pump. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to I want to play with it so bad and see what it's like. I agree with you though. I don't think everyone needs that. Yeah. Um, but for those that do or want to try that or I think it's going to be really cool. Exactly. And now there's just so many options out there in terms mm-hmm. of breast pumps. So 
It's a matter of figuring out exactly what you need. And for first time moms, you have no idea what you're going to need. You know, so if I'm giving advice to new moms that are out there, I would start with the basic standard spectra pump and um, start there. And once you realize what issues you have, then you can start making changes to the products that you're using. If that includes getting a new pump, you know, there are Facebook pages that you can trade pumps, you know, so you don't have to go out of pocket. (laughs) Yeah. I'm all about trying to save mom's money too. You know, that's, I, I feel you. I, I have a Facebook group that's specifically designed to help moms choose a breast pump because there's, it's so overwhelming. And sometimes your insurance gives you weird options or, um, but there's a lot of first time moms that are like, Oh my gosh, I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, right. Help me, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot and it can be tricky. And I feel like a lot of moms think they need multiple pumps right off the mm-hmm. bat. And, but I'm always like, okay, how much pumping are you going to be doing? What does that look like? Do you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to have to buy three pumps if you're a stay at home mom and we can get you your free one through your insurance right? and it's going to work, you know? Exactly. So I'm the same way. I'm like, I want to save you money, but also get you what you need. And yeah, I, and we're on the same page there. Good. Very good. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong with a hand pump. Like I said, if you're one of those moms yes. that are good at only take two trips out of the entire year, and if that's going to be your anniversary and going to somebody's wedding, then, you know, just get a hand pump. It's only like $15 and it'll save you for those, you know, few days that you're going to be away from your baby. A hundred percent. I think those are underutilized. Just the manual hand pumps uh, mm-hmm. can be all you need. So cool. <laughs> Okay. I have a couple of questions for you about your surrogacies and, and breastfeeding, if you mm-hmm. don't mind. Yeah. Um, do you, you pump after pregnancies for your surrogate babies? Yes. How does that, do, um, do, is that common in the surrogate world? I'm sorry. I'm a little ignorant in the world of surrogacy. No, so no, no, I would fine. love for you to kind of tell me what that's like. Okay. So I, like I said, I'm an open book and I don't mind sharing all the information. So in our surrogacy contracts, there is always a clause that says if the intended parents want to have your milk, they will pay you a certain amount of money every week to provide them with that milk. A normal contract is $250. um, And if the parents are far away, then they are responsible for paying the shipping costs to get the milk to them. Okay. So a lot of moms will continue to pump and to get the extra money. Um, in my opinion, I think it's just a waste. If you have this milk, to, you know, you have this milk and it's the only time that you're going to be able to get that milk, then why not? And I for me, it's just a wonderful experience to transition from being a surrogate, being consistently needed and checked up on and all these appointments. And then when you have that baby, it's just, it, it's like a breakup. You know, there's, yeah. there's no appointments. There's no being checked on. Um, you're babyless and you have nothing else going on in your life. <laughs> so pumping for me becomes the next step. It becomes the next thing that I can concentrate on and 
I can watch my ounces increase day by day and I can watch the milk change from, you know, a dark yellow to, to milky color. And it really helps my sanity to be able to use that as a, as a transition platform and, um, kind of calm my inner emotions that I just had a baby. It's not my baby. This breakup is happening, but I'm going to concentrate on this other project. <laughs> so, um, so if the, the parents don't want milk, um, I take the personal choice to continue pumping and I go and I donate it to local moms or all, um, I've had moms drive like three hours to pick up my, my milk that I'm, you know, donating yeah. or, um, I'll sell my milk to people across the country that need it and I'll cover the shipping, you know, the shipping costs and I use my discounts and I'm in any way I can, I'm just trying to just give, you know, give my milk because <laughs> I have yeah. the opportunity to do so. And that is also how I turned this, this company, um, just like surrounding every aspect of breast milk, because now I offer coolers and everything that you need in it, like the, the cooler packs and how to freeze it and best times of day to ship your milk. And I offer discounts on shipping the packed cooler from one location to the next, which no other company does. And so I, I think it's a great resource and, um, you know, for the select few that actually do chip their milk, it, it does save them, save them money. <laughs> That's amazing. There's a lot of logistics that go into shipping breast milk that mm -hmm. you just don't think about until you're faced with that situation. So a little like kit or something to walk you through that sounds like an amazing resource for someone that needs to needs or wants to ship breast milk. Yeah, oh, it's really cool. Yeah, even my um, I have a common theme is pretty much pink and cute and girly and even the ice packs that I chose for my company come with pink polka dots <laughs> yeah that's so, so cool it, you know it's just being able to feel like you're a part of something is what I want moms to to know that there's so many more moms like them out there that are just trying to feed their kids and they want to do it with breast milk and you know I'm trying <laughs> trying wow. to help <laughs> How long do you usually pump after a surrogate baby or does it vary just based on your life and your goals at the time? It definitely varies. So I think with the first, it was only around four, four months, four or five months. Um, I wasn't selling or donating. I was providing it to my own son. And then with the twins, I went about 10 months before I needed to stop and wean in order to um, move forward with the next surrogacy. Okay. So if just anybody, if they're interested in becoming a surrogate and you're currently pumping or nursing, um, you have to be able to wean in order to start taking medication because the weaning and the medic medication interfere with each other. Sure. Okay. So I had to have, I had to stop at 10 months, be able to have two periods um, before I can start the next surrogacy process. So um, that one was 10 months. And then with this last baby, um, I had him in October. And then I got COVID in March. Mm. And my goal was originally to make it to May. And then 
wean to start the next surrogacy process. But in March, my supply went from like 30 ounces to 12 ounces within like a week. And so I'm like, well, I'll, I was, I pumped for a couple more weeks. I was like around 17 ounces, but I wasn't putting as much effort into it because I knew I was going to wean. So I just dragged it out a little bit. And so let's see, I weaned in April. Um, and I just, I'm like, I'm like, I got sick. So I'm like, it's okay. I got sick and I was going to wean anyways. It's fine. So I justified it again in my head. So in this one, I'm not quite sure how long I'm going to do it (sighs) because it's 99% going to be my last. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're amazing um, for doing so many already. You're incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but I, this time around, I really want to con- concentrate on me. I've, I'm like in that midlife. I'm all, I'm 36, but I, you know, I'm feeling that midlife sure. turn coming, and my my body and my life has been so concentrated around babies. I'm making plans to get a mommy makeover, and so <laughs> I'm not it. just too sure how long I'm going to be pumping for. Oh, cool. That's, that's so interesting. Okay. Here's a question. I just, I just want to know, do you ever breastfeed your surrogate babies at the breast? I don't know what the standard is there. Yes, I have. (laughs) Um, so the standard in the surrogacy community is not to, And the reason why is because the parents normally don't want you to have that extra bond with the baby once the baby is there and and born. Um, And luckily, like I said, I've had, I've worked with very practical um, parents, intended parents, and I always let them know exactly how I felt about breast milk. And I wanted to work with somebody that would allow me that 15 minutes to nurse and, you know, just that extra little bond. Um, and I was able, okay, so for the first surrogacy journey, the mom was three hours late to her daughter's delivery. Mm. Um, so I actually birthed, delivered by myself. The only person there was obviously the doctor, the nurse, and a lactation consultant. Wow. She, it was a slow day. And I didn't have anybody with me. My my water had broke and she was just making her rounds and had nothing else to do that day. So she just stayed with me um, for about an hour and held my hand while I was pushing and took pictures for me while I was, you know, I'm like, can you please take pictures? The parents aren't here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, But I, I'm bringing this up because we had initially talked with the parents and like, what if you're not able to get there in time? How do you want me to take care of her? Do you, um, just, and she's the one that actually said, would you be willing to breastfeed her while I'm, you know, if I'm not there and well, and it turns out she was three hours late. So I was able to breastfeed her for the first few hours of her life. Um, I had the same plan with the twins, except the twins came early and the boys had to be taken to the NICU. So there was no, no time to nurse them, but I, you know, I did pump for them for about nine weeks. And then the last one, 
she, her, the mom was so nice and we just had the greatest connection. Her whole family was in the, the birthing room with me. They spent the night in the room with me. Um, I was nursing him, um, a couple of times and it, you know, it was just the greatest experience to be able to connect and make that, that little, it just felt complete, you know, just yeah, being able kind of to, a closure to the closure. Thank, the process. thank you. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> it was just closure for me and it, it felt wonderful to be able to do it. And, but my experience is just unique that doesn't really happen with other surrogacies because the parents um, don't want you to have that connection for fear that you would get too attached to their baby. Interesting. I think people know how practical and level-headed I am. So I think it's, yeah. they trust me. <laughs> and especially if you had that conversation, like this is a great piece of closure for me. This is not like the beginning of my attachment to your baby. This is like, the final part of the process. Mm -hmm. And I want that first milk to go to your baby. And, and then you do like, I think that's a really sweet um, thing that you could do. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm blessed in that aspect that I have been able to choose the families that I work with, um, and just feel that connection with them. So I, I think I'm very blessed. Wow. You seem really in tune with kind of your own emotions and things around surrogacy. Um, I really liked when you described the, the pumping process as a transition for you out of that section of your life into the next thing, because I can imagine how after having that baby that you would feel empty, just, um, I mean, I've never done it, so I don't (laughs) even want to guess what that feels like, but yeah. I, wow. I mean, I can explain it for you. <laughs> that would be great. I would love to know. Um, so like I said, it is like a breakup. Um, you are so consumed with every aspect of your, your blood levels, your hormone levels, sure. this, every doctor's appointment, every sonogram, every piece of paper, um, you're consumed in it for almost in an entire year. So when you get to that day, you are pumped full of hormones. Yes. You're I I always look at my body cuz like it's like a train wreck, right? I've like put on 20 pounds of of um edema, you know, swelling, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and my face is just like a pumpkin and I my stomach is swollen and saggy. And, um, and the parents, it's not their fault. You know, this is totally not their fault. This is how it's supposed to be. They come in, they give you a hug. They say, thank you. They, you know, and then they take their kid away. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some people don't even get the hug and the thank you, you know, it's a whole business transaction. They just come and take the baby and that's it. Sure. So like, I had the wonderful experience of the parents would bring me gifts and I would get flowers and, but still the moment they leave that room and it's not even if they're leaving the room with their baby, it's just like they leave that room and you're just sitting there like, now what? 
And you're like, I just did all of this and nobody knows what I went through. Nobody knows how hard it was. I mean, there is nothing that I can even translate to say, like, you just lost something and you can't even put it in words and you just cry (laughs) and you don't really know why you're crying. But it's, um, you know, deep down, you're happy. You're happy that everything went well. You're happy that the baby's healthy. You're happy that they completed their family. But you drive home and there's no baby in the car and you feel like crap. And you're like, nobody knows that I just had a baby and I feel like crap. You know, like, and you're thinking in your head, I shouldn't feel like this but you do. And so it, it takes about a solid week, in my opinion, for any surrogate to really feel the feelings that she's feeling, to cry, to be sad. But if you are in tune with all of that, you are able to, and have a good support system. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, I have a husband imagine. or a best friend or you know, a mom that's not going to say, well, you did this to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. um, have that support system that is going to, you know, like I'm, I'm not feeling well, can you please, you know, and you don't even have to finish your sentence. That person knows what you need and is going to be there for you. Just having that, that person really helps you transition and realize and focus that everything you're feeling is completely normal. Wow. You mentioned your husband. How is this difficult for your husband, this process? Um, I'm sure he's supportive because you've done this so many times. Yeah. What is that like from his perspective? Do you do you know? Um okay, well <laughs> I know you don't I yes, know you probably I mean, don't want to speak he, for him, but No, I I'll tell I'll tell you what he would tell anybody else. He loves it when I'm pregnant. He loves the belly he he loves the extra jiggliness that I come with (laughs) you know he loves me he loves me the way I am and um he he doesn't like seeing me in pain so normally he's not there when I'm delivering okay I'll have somebody else be there when I'm delivering um he's he says it's not my kid there's no reason I need to be there so, and I'm fine with that. I don't need to push him to be there. That's, that is not what I need. I know I can do it all by myself because I have, but for him, he, well, he likes the extra money. I always bribe him with, <laughs> with something. I'm like, if I, if we do this, we can buy a house. I put $8,000 down through my first surrogacy and I bought this house that I'm in right now. So we've owned that for five years. And then the next time it was like, come on, we can get, I'll get you some quads. I'll get you some snowmobiles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, there's not much um, arm twisting with him. He knows that I love being pregnant. He knows that this was a bucket list dream that I had while we were dating. Um, so it, it took a while for him initially to do that first one. He was very apprehensive he yeah, didn't understandably sure yeah he's he said this is crock i don't believe in it i don't know but i ju- i eased him into it as a wife does <laughs> you know oh, we know we yeah. know <laughs> and um it, it's made us stronger 
through all of our journeys. It's made us stronger. It's given us so many opportunities in our lives and to meet all these other amazing families and make connections that he loves surrogacy as much as I do. That's incredible. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. This is an intimate like thing to talk about and especially the emotions and things that come with doing this unique thing. Um, I really appreciate you being so open and, and talking with me about that. I, you know, I, I didn't know how much surrogacy was going to take over my life, how it has, but being able to actually have a conversation like this, it really takes, it centers me because I, I tend to forget, you know, how much my life revolves around it. So I don't really get the opportunity to talk to anybody as much as I have now in this conversation. So thank you for, for taking the time to ask me these questions. So interesting. I, this is not something that I've had a lot of experience with, so I've learned so much today and I, I really appreciate your honesty and your openness. I, in this whole conversation, you know, and, um, I really think that you're going to benefit a lot of moms just by simply sharing your story and, and just bringing some feelings of peace and validation to moms everywhere. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there any piece of advice while we kind of wrap this up that you would like to share with new moms? So about breastfeeding, motherhood, anything at all, I think you have a lot of really valuable experience and are, and are well-spoken <laughs> about these things. So uh, it's, that's a, a little tough one because it's just so broad. So I if I were, if we're talking to a new mom, um, I can only relate to mine. I like taking things going with the flow. You know, I try not to prepare too much, but I like to have a plan just in case. Sure. So the, Things that I would say is, you know, talk to your friends. Um, if they had troubles with their pumping or lactation journey, get the telephone number and name to the person that they use beforehand before you have any issues down the line. Um, because that could set you up for, you know, you're scrambling and you're stressed and you're trying to call and make an appointment with the right person. And that can set you out a couple weeks. And your journey might end by then. You know, I lost my supply with my first in three days. So um, don't be afraid to pick up a book and start reading it. There are books at the library still. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes getting off of your cell phone and off of your computer to actually flip real pages is very zen sometimes. And we do need to get back to um, just calming ourselves. Um, and just know that if you're taking small little steps to, for a plan that may or may not, you know, go wrong, um, that's the best thing you can do. Um, if you do come up into a situation where you're having struggles with pumping or nursing, again, reach out to your friends, reach out to Facebook, reach out to the community and ask questions. Um, women are always eager to help. Um, but remember that we are also full of hormones. So if you, you know, if, if you're asking for advice and somebody is telling you, well, you should probably not do that, or I wouldn't do that. Moms have just, 
they they want to help, but they always put their two cents in there. So take it with yeah. a grain of salt with whatever you do. Go with the flow. Do what feels right. Do what feels natural to you. And professionals are always the the best. Well, not not the best, but you know, talk to your doctor and see what they say if that's something something that they can help you with or a lactation consultant of you know regarding nursing and in regards to surrogacy let's see surrogacy comes with a lot of research so okay. y- you have to make sure that you talk to your significant other you um you make sure that you have that communication with that person to see if it's actually the right time to do it um don't be afraid to wait. You know, there's good money in surrogacy. Everybody should be straightforward with that, but that shouldn't be the sole reason why you should be a surrogate. Um, and be honest with yourself. Um, can you take shots for months? Can you keep on track of all the medication that you need to take? Can you have an honest communication with the parents that you want to work with. And do you want to work with those parents? That is the number one thing. You're going to be stuck with two people for a whole year. And if something goes wrong and if you can't have a communication with them, it's going to be the worst journey that you've ever had. So, um, you know, really, really take the time to do research and see if that's something that you, if surrogacy is something that you want to bring into your life. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Do you have some places that moms can connect with you if they either want some of your um, pumping help or maybe some surrogacy chat? Is there any place where you tell us where they can connect with you? Sure. So um, obviously my website, um, savethemilk.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm available. My telephone number is on my website. I prefer text messages. I will respond when I can, but I am very busy. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) Um, Facebook Messenger um, is great. If anybody is interested in knowing more about surrogacy, the number one company that I can recommend is Surro Connections. They are based in Oregon, but I have done a lot of research on different companies and talking to other surrogates that have used other companies. And I have found that Cero Connections is the best company. Cool. Just to give you a little blip, ladies, if you're, if you're listening to this, um, th- and this is the, one of the realities of surrogacy, the owner of that company um, was a surrogate and was several months pregnant when the intended mom just decided to disappear. She didn't die. She's still alive. She's still out there, but decided to abandon the entire surrogacy journey while um, the owner of the company with Sarah connections was still pregnant with her daughter. This is how wonderful this person is. She delivered the baby and adopted her and is that is her child now you know so if you're considering you know working with a wonderful person that is somebody that you want to work with yes wow what a a story (laughs) yes I I I get chills every time I, I think about it I would do the same thing you know, but I'm not looking to open up my own (laughs) 
surrogacy yes that sounds agency like a, a although work, yeah. people have told me I should I'm like I don't have time <laughs> no you have a lot of other uh you've got a great business that helps a lot of moms and I'm really grateful for what you're doing so keep it up thank I, you I and I look forward to following you through this last maybe last um pregnancy journey for you and just continuing to see what you're doing in your business because you're helping so many moms. And I hope that I can help you get in front of more moms and that we can work together and get people the help they need. Cause that's really yeah. what we're here for. Um, well, I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm going to drop this with you. I have been in the works for several months now coming out with a patent pending product that is going to help all moms size themselves for all their pumps. Awesome. And it's it's not some it's not a paper ruler. It's something very unique. And I think um hopefully if everything goes well, it'll be coming out in just a few weeks. Oh, I cannot wait. That is so cool. <laughs> oh, it's moms like you that just take their experience and build it into something amazing to help more moms that I think is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, um, I'm trying and I don't like, like I said, I'm an introvert. I don't like being the face and of my company. I, if I could sell it, I would, but <laughs> it's kind of hard to sell something that I, it's so attached to me and, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm working on trying to figure out how I can actually get this, all this information that I have in my head and give it away to the masses. So that is, that is something that I am trying to work on. Um, I am not trying to be um, the center of, of attention. I am definitely willing to, to part with everything that I have so moms can continue their journeys as much as they could for as long as they can. Wow. That's incredible. I can't wait to see what the next little while brings for you and your business. So thank you. Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with me. I have really, really loved this conversation and I, you are very busy, but I appreciate (laughs) your time. I cleared my day for this. We we're okay. (laughs) We're okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. You can find all the links and stuff that we talked about today down in the show notes. Crystal's going to send me a bunch of hers. There'll be some links for me down there too. So those show notes are going to be really valuable for you if you're listening to this today. Thanks again, Crystal. And I hope that we talk again soon. Good luck with everything that you've got going on. Thank you for having me. 